The letter to the Galatians is interesting because in the very first part of what we hear, the words are, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. This is a real critical piece for all of us to hear because, in fact, the Jewish heritage of the time was such that the law was the critical way of modeling life and having a sense of order and structure for culture and for their faith. It was so important to everyone that they knew what the laws were, that even in the Torah, I believe it was uh, 239, maybe more, laws regarding how they should act, behave in a society with one another. The only issue, in fact, with learning about the law was its own self-limitation upon the people. Because as they exactly duplicated to the best of their ability the laws, it was without character and intent. The interesting part is the gospel story now moves us to a different place. It is the first time that Jesus actually goes to the Gentiles, not the Jews. In crossing the lake, he goes and breaks the law by interacting with Gentiles. Gentiles were known to be less than, worse than, horrible people because they had given up the law, the faith of Jerusalem. So here Christ is with this group of people that are not, quote, acceptable to the rest of the Jewish population, which in fact then causes his own problem. His reaching out to the Gentiles, however, opens up the whole Pandora's box that Christianity was not limited to a small set of people, but rather could expand. In the healing of the individual with the demons, the interesting part is, and, and listen to the gospel very clearly, the people that recognized that Jesus had healed this individual didn't like that. They were afraid. Here this person had done something from a different culture, Jewish culture, to the Gentiles, and their response was out of fear. They asked him to move on, get out of here. And the man who was healed wanted to follow Jesus. A lot of times Jesus would ask other people to come join him. This time he says to the gentleman, you need to stay here and share the story of the works of God. So what did the man do? He shared the works of Jesus. Because it was Jesus that healed him. So we have on the one side the law, and then on the other side we have Jesus breaking the law for what reason, what context would he break and violate the law of Jew, Judah? His issue with the whole ministry that he took upon himself was in relationship to people. 
When I was in college, we studied Lawrence Kohlberg, who in the 1950s was doing his doctorate at the University of Chicago. And he had been following, in psychology, he had been following a lot of the Piaget approach to growth and expansion and knowledge. Piaget was a great person regarding the change of education of the time to really enhance the knowledge that youth growing exponentially and experientially was critical. But he developed the, ins- the idea of the stages of moral development. And in his development, his focus on the morality was around justice. And the interesting part to me is, in many ways, the Jewish understanding and tradition long-standing was that these laws provided justice. Now we entered with Jesus, breaking the laws. He broke the laws because his ministry was about relationship. His law was about opening and expanding ourselves to understand that the law has no content in and of itself with the exception of relationships. Kohlberg's division in terms of his studies were about justice and that a child growing up is egocentric, pre-conventional. And then as the child developed and understood that there were others, they could incorporate a relationship. But it was still about the justice in terms of the exchanges going on. And Jesus is about relationships, about the ability to cross a culture that was in violation of his own church, his background, his Jewish heritage, so that he could have relationships that superseded all the law. Stories throughout the Gospels point out that Jesus breaks the rules all the time. And the Jews, the scribes, the Pharisees are on his case because that's not according to the law of Judaism. And every time he did that, it was about relationships, about the critical nature of how a person meeting another individual becomes able to expand their vision of why there are laws. Not that laws dictate, but rather through relationship, they can understand the nature of law filled with relationships and expectations of relationship. This is truly a critical understanding. This is really the core of what Jesus taught over and over and over again. I was a child once, and I had parents that had the laws, the rules. My sister was extremely obedient. She doesn't remember much of her childhood because she was looking at doing all the things that were right. Well, I was the first male child in the whole family. That gave me some freedom. And I was the one that sort of pushed against some of the rules. Not all of them, 
but some of the rules. And I remember having sit-downs with my mother and father saying, now skip, that's not how we do things in this family. And I would cower, back away, and sort of go into my own place. Well, I would finally got through my young years with the rules that I had intentionally obeyed. As a matter of fact, I want to share a story with you. My mother, once, when I came home from college, said, Skip, you're coming in way too late. And I said, you know what? For 18 years, I kept my foot on the rules of the house. Always called before if I was going to be late. And that was always in about 11.30 or 12 max. However, I'm in college now, and I've actually begun to set my own parameters. And 2 o'clock in the morning is not unusual for me to return. And the odd thing to me was that for the first time, my mother looked at me and she said, Damn it, you're right. <laughs> so there was a negotiation. Now, let me put the other hat on. I became a parent. And boy, did I have the rules. My son was wonderful in many ways, but he always would push the rules to the limit. And when I'd say, no, 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 we can't go that way, he'd say, why? He forced me to discuss the rules, which was not one of the, it was one of the rules not to force, be forced that way, at least when I grew up, I didn't have an option. So here I am, trying to explain to my son why these rules exist, found out that there was some fallacy in my rules because they weren't not, were not necessarily relational to my son at all, but dictates. In time, he became a parent. Ah, justice. <laughs> he has a daughter, nine years old. And I'm absolutely spellbound when she, in fact, pushes up against his rules. He said, we're going to have a conversation. She said, I don't want to talk about it. He said, no, 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 think about it, and we'll sit down and we'll have a conversation. She said, I don't want to talk about it. He said, no, 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 we always talk about these things. They sit down and they talk about it, and she said, okay, Dad, you I wanted to do this, but you're right, you know, and back and forth. So I'm thankful my son's progressed to the level of relationship in the laws and rules. He sees her as a human being who can grow and learn and understand. And he's never pushed her to be a particular style of person, which to me is the greatest gift. And it took me my recovery to find out that I was doing that to my son. When I recovered from alcohol, I suddenly realized and talked with him and said, Derek, we're going to have a problem here. He said, what's the matter? I said, I'm recovering from alcohol. He said, thank God you're doing that. I said, oh? He said, well, I have a friend that his father beats him up, and I, I was afraid that we might get to that situation. I said, well, I said, here's the point. 
I'm going to have to learn how to reparent you. Because it was my alcoholic nature that was in the way of actually being a parent. And he said, huh. He said, so we're going to discuss things when I say why. And I said, yes, unfortunately, but you're going to have to give me time to be in a new place. His gift is he's giving his daughter that new place, that relational place that talks about how we can work together to be good. Jesus calls us to a place of relationship. And the interesting part about relationship is that many times it nullifies our comfortability with all the rules and laws that we have because it challenges us to a different level. It challenges us to be more whole about our relationships with other people. Now, there's a lot of people that I've had some difficulty with, and for all the right reasons. And the interesting part to me is, as I learn how to begin to understand and listen to them, that in fact that relationship changes, and they're no longer the person that I can put off and pretend that they're unhelpful. It's difficult for us to be in relationships and looking at rules. One of the things, though, that I did understand, and I have to share this with you, too, because this is my father's big rule. 14 years old I am, he says, sits me down, he says, Skip, there's an issue I want to talk to you about. I said, what's that? He says, well, he says, when you're with the guys, there's a there's sort of a charge that goes off, and all of a sudden this thing becomes fun. And you're a group of guys, and you're doing some things that are pushing all the limits pretty seriously. He says, I want you to know up front. He said, now when, he says, when, when you're arrested, I want you to call home. But I also want you to know that when you call home, you're going to spend the night with them. So you can learn how to discuss what caused you to be involved with this whole mess. And we can talk about that tomorrow. And then I get to decide whether you stay another day or you come home with me. That's the part of the discussion that I had with my father, which is probably the most contextual about relationships. And it was important to me because it helped to guide me. Jesus asks us simply to look at one another as though we are bound in relationship to one another. And if we, in fact, try to assert, insert the law or the rules or the regulations or whatever else limitations they are and sort of separate people one from another, we're doing exactly the opposite of what Jesus called us to do. We have to lay aside our rules, our sense of right and wrong, to hear and be with another person, to understand that God's love is theirs also, that we cannot live separately, but we must live together. That means sharing beyond our rules and laws. One of the things that struck me very early on when there was a great period of time in the 70s 
when there was a lot of evangelical fervor in the Episcopal Church. I know it may be sound like an oxymoron, but it was there. It really was. And I'll never forget when people would talk to me about their being saved. Obviously, I hadn't been saved, and therefore, if I just followed their rules and laws and ways of thinking, it would be okay. And I always found, well, I don't have to deal with this group. They're separatists. Until I met one evangelical person who enjoyed hearing my concerns about evangelicalism. And as much as he was very involved in the evangelical movement, he heard me and shared with me his love of his evangelism. Not to try to convert me or to change me or make it a new rule, but rather to let me know that he loved me for my way of faith. So long as I could open my eyes and ears and heart to his way of faith. It took me a while, but I found that I sought him out when I couldn't get a handle on working with others who were evangelical. He was so compassionate and so open to me that I really found a sense of presence of Jesus in him and gave me the opportunity to be exposed to the vulnerabilities of the evangelical movement that I knew I was frightened of, much like those people who were frightened about the healing of the individual in their midst. It comes at a cost. All I'm saying is we all need to be in a place where the rules and the laws are not the point of separation, but rather a place for us to begin to have relationship and to give content and meaning and purpose to our life. I have a feeling that's what Jesus was trying to teach us. Amen.